welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. Uh, I'm Martijn, Tijn on the forums, and we've been playing uh, a game called Transarctica in February. Um, now, I'm not going to talk about this alone. Uh, I'm also here with Florian. Hey, guys. And Marwan has joined us again. Hello. And also newly joining us is uh, Raphael. Hello. So it's very cool that you all uh, wanted to be uh, to be here and talk about this great game. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's do it, I suppose. Right? Right. Right. Let's go. this game actually suggested uh, through the forums? I don't think so. I think I did. Hmm, okay. So you 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 suggested it? I did, yes. Ah, okay. So, Florian. Yes? Why? <laughs> why did you have why? us oh play my God, this? Why did, you why did you choose this game? Oh my gosh. Um, no, actually, I played it a bit when I was young, and I had this image, um, some of the screenshots of the game were still burnt in my, into my memory, and I couldn't remember what the game was, so I spent a few hours googling for all the obvious keywords that um, the screenshots uh, evoked, and... Then finally I found it and I said, hey, I don't remember anything about the gameplay. We should try it for Dust Game Club. Ah, so you have played it before. Yeah, but I, as I said, I don't have any real memories. I just remembered that I liked the screenshots and uh, all mm. the, the art of the game. And that's basically all. And I, I kind of remembered uh, the, the train display and that's all. Hmm. Okay. Um, because uh, I, don't, I, I hadn't even heard of this game, to be honest. Um, and I don't think you've played it before either, have you, Marban? Uh, no, I didn't. Never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's same, same here. Uh, I don't think this is a very well-known game, although some people on the internet, when we announced that we would be playing this, they, they immediately jumped on and said, oh, yes, this is a very difficult game. And so I think it's, it's sort of, um, what's the word? Not famous, but sort of yeah 
it has its cult following or yeah yeah, yeah I think so um but Raphael you you have played it yeah a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah can you can you tell us uh how when when did you start playing this game all right it it was um I was a kid maybe maybe six or seven when my when my dad uh, played it mm. on on the Amiga, ah. and I watched him. And if you if you just watch it, then it it looks really cool because it has I don't know. There's armored trains and and mammoths mm. mammoths uh, running around. And yeah, it's and it looks it looks amazing. And I liked the music, so mm. that was my first experience. I remember. Uh, my my just sitting on the couch and my dad uh driving around on the world map music playing i yeah it's as i i really like it i really yeah. like it it's it's a cool game yeah yeah that's super cool uh so you originally did you play it yourself or was it just watching how your dad played uh when i was a kid i just watched my dad hmm. um but obviously i got curious and yeah. i had to try it out myself but at the time, I didn't. I, I obviously I wasn't able to read French. Hmm. And, oh, uh, your dad played it in French? No, no, no. I'm just saying that there's uh, there's only three languages mm. you can play it in: mm. uh, French, English, German. Mm. And I, I wasn't good at English back then. I couldn't read French, and the German translation is just m might as well have been French. <laughs> <laughs> But the okay. translation really doesn't help. It doesn't tell you anything. And so imagine somebody maybe seven years old trying to play this. No chance. I didn't uh. I didn't get anywhere. Ah. But I just I loved how it how it looked and sounded. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it does look cool. And it sounds pretty cool as well. And actually I think the the Amiga version sounds even a little bit better. Yeah. Because uh, of the superior hardware indeed <laughs> indeed <laughs> amiga the, the amiga version has the better music um and the dos version is has slightly faster train battles but i think that's faster hmm. so the amiga is slower yeah yeah and i think on the amiga i think when you're when you have the old original chipset graphics then the graphics also look a bit worse on the mm. amiga actually oh mm. okay um yeah, so that's 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 how how you got into it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh but that's not the end of it, is it? No. No, because <laughs> uh this game I I'm sure I'm sure everybody has something like this, maybe a game or a movie or a book that just really sticks in your head and you just you can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was Transarctica for me when I was younger. It, it there was something about it, such a magical atmosphere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. describe it. Just the music and the graphics. It just it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I had to play it. I had to beat it. But it was um, it's it's not easy. I confess, <laughs> not easy, especially <laughs> especially in an age before the internet. No mm. walkthrough. No no other people to ask. Nobody yeah. knows about it, so yeah, I know. I, yeah. I I mean, I have some other games like that, and and I was just like, uh, for example, all the Sierra Adventure games. Mm. I was just walking around achieving nothing. It yeah. made no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. just for Except hours dying, on end, probably. Yeah, just dying all the time and never never getting anywhere. Yeah, and and it's like you say, there's no, there were no resources really. I mean, I suppose there were hint books you could 
buy maybe but uh, for a kid that's really not mm. uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this game is also even more obscure than than those games in general yeah that, that's, that's exactly it if you if if you um if you're talking about the super nintendo game maybe then everybody has it your friends have it it's like ocarina of time uh, Zelda Ocarina yeah. of Time. That's one of those games everybody in my circle of friends had it. So there was yeah. a lot more exchange going on. But Transarctica mm. was one of those games that nobody owned I, uh, except yeah. us. So okay. So so what did you <laughs> yeah. do? I mean, I, so I posted yeah. this big story on on the forum uh, mm-hmm. about how I finally a few years ago saw the ending screen for this game. Yeah. And I'm I'm 29 now. So <laughs> yeah. When I so the first time I touched it, I was in elementary school, and that's why it roughly it took me twenty years on and off uh, before I finally saw the ending screen it's for this game. One two thirds of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But I, I always, I always played. I, I can get to the same point. I, I was able to get to the to the exact same point. Hmm. It's when you have to find a power plant. Okay. Uh, that's a crucial point in the game, and that's how far I always got, and never passed that. You managed to reach that point uh, as a kid? No, no, not as a kid. Mm. Um, but okay. my dad, my right? Dad, he, oh he, yes, uh, of course. So I, I knew what I was, what I had to do because my dad managed to to figure it out, and so I just played it from memory. Yeah, and it up to the power plant, but there was no. There was no going past that. Right. And did you yeah. play it? Uh, you played it relatively recently. I mean, you played it in the past few years, like you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. But was that also on the Amiga? Yeah, always the Amiga version. I, I played the DOS version once. Hmm. Uh, so I experienced it. But I if I play it uh, recreationally, then I choose the Amiga version because I just like it better. Yeah. Uh, we don't discriminate. No, it's it's fine for for one episode. <laughs> yeah, but I but, but I, hey, I've played the DOS version. Yes, and I'm not. I I did I did play it. Yeah, yeah. and and also I think the games they're really really similar, uh, up to the point where they're ex they're ex yeah they're just identical, aren't they? I mean, you mean the two versions? Yes. Or oh yeah yeah yeah. Because that's not the case with every port. Uh, no. Some games they're they're yeah more more different between the platforms, but in this case, yeah, it's only for insiders to notice the difference. But but on the surface level, they're exactly the same game. I think they're exactly the same game, uh, except that the DOS version runs a bit faster, hmm. which is something that's actually bad for the player in uh, because the train battles are faster. Hmm. Meaning you have less time to react uh, because you need to scroll and click all your cannons and machine guns individually. If I, I don't know how many of you, um, actually, why don't we start? How how far have have you gotten? I mean, how uh, <laughs> story wise? Yeah. What, what are your experiences? Yeah. I got the drill and then I, w- I was stuck. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I got the drill as well, uh, and I bought a cannon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I bought maybe two or three. Uh, I also bought some wagons so I could trade more stuff. Yeah. So I was just going around between cities to trade. And then I found out that actually going to the mines is much uh, better fuel-wise. Uh, because I was just running out of fuel. Um, 
Yeah, that's really it. I mean, I just played for a few sessions and the first one was just figuring out how to play it at all because the game is not, it doesn't explain itself very well, does it? No, you, um, I, I guess a part of, it's part of the appeal depending on what kind what kind of gamer you are um because it <laughs> i don't know this was an open world game before the genre open world even existed you you can just uh, hmm. you you drive around and if you don't have a walkthrough hmm. then you have to visit every single town hmm. because you don't know you you need all the information you can get first of all yeah, and it's spread across different towns. They all have different archives, and they tell you different things. Yeah, I uh, I think a good start in this game is just to to drive all over the map and write it all down yourself. Yeah, that that's exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> you you have to drive around and and look at every city. Yeah, I made a big sp spreadsheet that contained all the merchandise that you could buy and uh, at what price and who bought it for what other price. And oh, nice! Yeah. It was very helpful. <laughs> it took me ages. <laughs> so maybe maybe we should explain for the for the listener who hasn't played this game. Maybe we should explain a little bit what the game is about because we mentioned uh, uh, a map and driving around and there's a train, obviously. Uh, because that's what the game is really about. It's about driving a big train through the snow, I think. Um, so what what's the genre? What what kind of game is this? I think that's hard to define, right? Yeah. That's actually a, a great question, yeah. Maybe I would put it in the uh, strategy, exploration, management game category mm -hmm. with uh, uh, a little bit of uh, open world, uh, as, uh, as Raphael said. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a, a very specific genre in its own way. I think that's part of why the game was uh, attractive to to some people. Hmm. Yeah, but it also has very strong adventure parts in it. I mean, all the, the story itself is basically a point-and-click adventure, just minus the uh, item puzzles. Yeah. Is there a lot of this story of, of story aspects to the game? Because uh, to me, it seemed like it was there were maybe five or six uh, uh, steps towards the story, to advance the story, uh, because there was a lot of secrets to uncover by roaming around the map. But uh, I didn't feel like there was a lot of uh, story, of dialogue, of, and lore. It's true that if you, once you know what to do, uh, you could argue it's just like uh, six or seven steps that, that you have to do, that you can do in order. Um, but you have to remember if if you played this back when it came out, then you just you have to drive around, go to every town, uh, read every archive, and so on. And that there was oh yeah, uh, I don't know that there, there is a lot of story there, but you have to discover it all by yourself, and that's yeah, uh, kind of it can be tedious. But I think there is a lot that, that there's a lot in there, but. Mm. Yeah, I think this is also why why it's hard to describe the genre because in the end, in in order to beat the game, you have to solve uh, a series of puzzles or, or mm. quests or whatever you could. So in that sense, it's sort of an adventure game. But in order to do that, you have to manage your resources and you have to uh, survive lots of battles and you have to do trading and mining in order just to keep going. Yeah. So 
most of the time it's just strategy and management. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, exactly. So it's it's an adventure game, but in order to to get to the adventure part, actually ninety <laughs> yeah. percent of the time you're just trying to survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That there are so many game over screens that you can get um, because. It, it, it's so many ways to to fail and die in transacting. <laughs> it's uh, almost like a zero adventure. Yeah, I, I've read you, you. You can be eaten by the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to die that involves the mammoths. I mean, there are lots of mammoths running around. Oh, actually, um, actually, uh, mammoths are exclusively friendly. Huh. They. Uh, well. What, I think maybe the only game event that that doesn't harm you. Oh, probably. okay, that's that's surprising. Yeah. Um, okay, so 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 the genre is a little bit vague. Uh, there's an overview map, but when you start the game, that's not actually the screen that's presented to you. Um, when you start the game, I think the first screen is inside the train. Is that correct? When you see the guys, the the the, the putting the coal inside the ovens. I think that's the opening screen. It's it's a lo locomotive, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you see the first uh, the first wagon, I think. Yeah. Yes, that's what's uh, very particular with this game is that uh, the menus are not really menus. They are mm -hmm. the uh, Transartica is this kind of game where instead of menus you have uh, uh, a large drawing, a large uh, scene, and you ca can click around on different mm. elements on, of the screen, and it uh, triggers different things. So yeah. even just moving the train around is learning how this uh, this uh, wagon screen works, clicking around and figuring out uh, what makes you go forward, make what makes you put coal inside the engine. <laughs> and yeah. to to learn that you have to actually read the manual because you can't guess everything by yourself. Yeah, and there are no tool tips or or in-game texts to help you out. No. No. So it's all just either read the manual or just try it a lot and then see and learn how it works. But it, it did come with a pretty big uh, manual. Hmm. I, uh, I have the Amiga box lying around here. Oh, cool. And there's, uh, there's a big manual. It has screenshots and graphics and they, they really tried hard. But if you, <laughs> uh, if you just start the game and you, you're dropped off... Yeah. In, in the middle of, I, I think you're in North North Africa mm -hmm. somewhere. Uh, doesn't matter because it's all frozen over anyway. And um, mm. but but yeah, it's just your train and you have a bit of coal. And mm -hmm. I think the first challenge in this game is you, you start with so little coal mm. that if you if you don't know what to do immediately, you, you you can probably drive around for half an hour and then that's it. Yeah. If you, you you might run out of coal immediately at the start yeah. if you don't know where to get it. That's yeah. basically my first run was just trading and then figuring out. Oh, I don't have any coal left. Oh, nice. Yeah. But what's uh, what's uh, very special is that to get that coal because that's uh, obviously the first thing you want to do when you start the game. But to get that coal, you actually have to learn the whole game. You have to understand how most systems work, how to get wagons, how to buy uh, slaves, uh, uh, how to uh, to mine. There's a lot of things you have to learn before you actually get that coal. Yeah, because you, you are not equipped with the means to get this coal as you start the game. Oh, you can get it, but you lose a lot of it. I mean, you, you need right. a crane or, or slaves or mammoths to, to get larger amounts, but uh, mm -hmm. you can get coal right in the beginning. But... 
it's uh, ridiculously small amounts. Yes, exactly. Um, now, we are talking about coal, but actually, um, there's not one kind of coal in this game, is there? Uh, there's lignite, which is actually money, uh, but you can burn it as well to drive the drain. And there's the actual coal, the real coal, which is called uh, anthracite. Is yeah. that right? Anthra- anthracite. Yeah. Well, anthracite. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pronounce it that way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. But yeah, anthracite and lignite. I think. As someone mentioned in the chat, um, that uh, lignite is actually brown coal and anthracite is uh, black coal. So hmm. maybe we want to use those words. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But well, the the interesting thing is that one is just pure fuel. Uh, but the other one is also used as money to buy wagons or buy goods or, well, just the currency in the game. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lignite is, is used as money. Mm-hmm. And if you, in, in an emergency, you can use it to, you can shovel it into, into your engine. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it... Uh, how do you say that the fuel efficiency is really bad? Right. So. It's a last <clears throat> resort, really. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So this is not, but this also is not explained by the game. It's just, uh, it, it presents you with two guys. The left guy is the money shoveling guy and the right guy is the, the black coal shoveling guy. And it yeah, yeah. doesn't say anything <laughs> about this. So you just... That there's so many ways to, to fail. As, as I said, you can, <laughs> you can run out of coal. You can also, you, mm-hmm. you can burn your money and then you mm-hmm. won't be able to buy cranes or anything to get more coal. <laughs> it, it, it's, and you need tenders to, to store coal. So right. Right. And these are wagons. You can, you can cap yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's, that's um, an interesting design choice somehow because it, even if you, if you know you will burn your money and you can still go on, on the lignite, you really don't want to even go for a few meters uh, driving on the on, on your money, right? It's it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's a, they have a lot of interesting mechanics like this one. That's, yeah. uh, that's one of the things I, I liked with Transactica. They came up with uh, various uh, original mechanics like burning your money. Yeah. Or there's also uh, the mammoths, uh, which uh, have uh, several uses. Uh, when you get them, you can either sell them or use them to mine faster. There are a lot of decisions. Yeah. And there are also several sources for the mammoths. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. How, ca- how can you get mammoths? You can either buy them on the market or you can actually catch them. Ah, they're wild mammoths running around. Yeah, I guess they were all wild mammoths uh, originally, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you can either pay someone to uh, hunt it for you or you hunt it yourself. So um, there are mammoths in this game, but they're all there are also trains in this game. Hmm. But what a what a cool combination, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it set in the past or in the future? Then you want to talk about the story, it... I think. Yeah, let's 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 sum up the story completely. Maybe. Well, I'm trying to make a subtle bridge, yes. But <laughs> thank you for pointing this out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the story. Uh, I, I think uh, Raphael might might be the one who's most more comfortable with the story. Okay, should I should I give a brief um fr- from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um so it it takes place in the future. Okay. I, which is not that far. Oh. I think uh, it it's the the big uh, the big catastrophe 
that covers the world in ice and snow happens in 2040. 2022, actually. So okay. even sooner. Oh, okay. See, oh my God, we, we have four years. Yes. We, yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting future. This is basically the post-Trump yeah. era. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's about coal and climate change. It's it's all ah, there. Yeah, and actually, it's pretty relevant with the Trump era because uh, yeah, I've noted that the idea was because of global warming, uh, people had to find out a solution, mm -hmm. and some big brain found out that there was a cool solution to try, which is using nuclear weapons. Ah, and. <laughs> And try to stop global warming with nuclear weapons. Right. That's something Trump might do, yeah. And it actually worked, didn't it? Worked very well, yes. Yes. So everything is now ice and snow. Yeah, exactly. And then the game starts, I think, uh, maybe 100 years from now. Uh, 700 mm -hmm. years. 700? Oh, okay. See? I, I think I'll, I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's around 700 years. Yeah, be, uh, that, that's the thing, um, because you don't know if... So, so we have to assume that they use the same calendar. Hmm. But yeah, anyhow, uh, we're supposed to believe that in a few hundred years, um, although 700 years, that would be long enough, uh, that people forgot about the sun. Okay. And they think it's an ancient myth now. Okay. Because the sun uh, is actually not visible anymore. Apparently not at all. No. Right. I have a few. I have some info on yeah. that. So it's the year 2714 in the Viking calendar. Oh, <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Viking calendar. Because Vikings actually hmm. rule this world, don't they? Uh it's it's a I think it's a large mega corporation that they're called the Viking Union, but I, I don't know if, if they're Vikings. Mm. But it would be it would make it really cool. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> the game doesn't really give away if they are real Vikings. Let, let's assume they're all Vikings. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so it's the Viking Union that, that owns the world and everything is frozen solid. And you, the, the game is actually the quest for the sun. That's really the, yeah. the point of the game. Um, I think it's good if we mention quickly that, that this is all, this is not originally, uh, the, the, this game is not an original setting. It's based on a novel um, by Georges-Jean Arnaud. Uh, called La Compagnie des Glaces. I don't know if I say this right. Mm -hmm. uh, Perfectly, Martin. Well, there That's you go. That's perfect. Um, and this is a... Means the ice company. Yes, exactly. And this is a, um, a series of novels, science fiction novels. I, I looked up, there are actually 97 books in this series. Almost 100 books. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a, a very prolific writer. Wow. I, in some years, he wrote six books in one year. So this is really something. Um, But I, I've, I've realized that the, while the game is very largely based on uh, this book series, it's mm -hmm. not uh, an official licensed game. Mm. It's just uh, very inspired by it. Exactly. Because uh, in the Ice Company series, uh, I think there are, co there are multiple corporations uh, called the companies, mm -hmm. I think. Okay. Um, but uh, there's no Viking Union exactly. Uh, right. So uh, some things are different. So it's just based on the overall universe. Right. Loosely. Have Have you read them? The, uh, the uh, Oh no! I uh, actually I, I looked uh, at a bookstore just uh, today to see if the if it was still published. Oh. And uh, um, a small publisher uh, started republishing them uh, just uh, last year. Oh, wow. Nice. And uh, they, 
they are trying, I think uh, if they have enough money, uh, they are trying to republish them all, uh, at least the original uh, 60 book series. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, right now they are uh, at uh, episode uh, tw uh, 12, I think, as, as I speak. Okay. So there are just six books, uh, two two chapters each. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So this is. Uh, I, I wanted to buy the first one, but someone have take, has taken it already. There was already uh, there was only book uh, three and uh, later. So ah, so it's popular. I'll give it a try later. Ah, uh, I I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure it's popular, but I've ha I have found it in the store. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, it was sold out, so that's something. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's time for a for a comeback of this ice train <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the first one was translated to English. I just wanted to quickly uh, mm -hmm. add that, that the first novel okay. uh, did get an English translation, and that's why I was able to read it, but only the first one, and no no translations after that. Oh, is it any good? It, I really liked it, but it's extremely different from Transarctica. It's... Um, hmm. it's you, you could say Transarctica is uh, yeah loosely inspired, um, in, in the original, for example, I think the moon just explodes at some point and, uh, mm. not, not human, not caused by humans or anything. The, you, the moon just explodes and then the debris covers the earth and there's no more sunlight. <laughs> and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> After 50 books, uh, you, you have yeah. to find new ideas for stories, or <laughs> for story elements. So I, I don't know what to do. So maybe let's, uh, <laughs> let the moon explode. Yeah. But okay, so so this is um, but but the train the train snow stuff that's still in the book, isn't it? Of course, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. It, it's all it's all about a world completely frozen yeah. over. I think the very theme of um, of the hero fighting the corporations it's mostly the same theme okay. overall. Overall, I don't know. No. Uh, well, is it isn't the story of the first book about fighting the big corporations uh, to uncover the truth about the sun? Yeah, 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 exactly. They, um, it's 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 a small group of of renegades, uh, rebels or something like that. They don't have their own train, hmm. uh, unlike Transarctica, right? Uh, but they they have to fly under under the radar. Um, because apparently the, these large corporations they can't really keep track of every single so th there's there's a lot of opportunity to to fly under the radar ah. and just use the train tracks anyway right and uh, so it's it's more of a more of a spy novel actually there's no there's mm. not much war and combat it's just a small group of it has spy and noir elements mm. yeah but actually that's that's not too different from transarctica i get the impression because well, you do have a train in the game, yeah. Um, but you're also using the tracks. Uh, well, you're not allowed to do this. Oh, oh it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a. So, but you're still able to to run a great length without anyone noticing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get into battles with the with the Viking Union, but you can also uh, evade them. And there are large sections where they're not really active or something. No, that's that's true. Um, I, I don't really know how um if if there's some kind of explanation for this or but but I do think that in in the game it's very obvious that they don't have complete control over this uh over this rail network. Yeah. Um because you can clearly one single train you can you you <laughs> you're fighting them all by yourself and <laughs> Yeah. 
I think in in the games there are only one or two enemy trains roaming around the map. So if you're careful, uh, you can avoid them most of the, of the most of the time. Really, I never managed to avoid a single enemy train. <laughs> All I know is the, that there is a cheat. <laughs> you you can press uh, the left bottom corner uh, of the screen while holding Control and Alt, and uh, it reveals. All the units on the map, including the enemy trains. Oh wow! So that's uh, how I figured out that, that there is just one or two trains uh, roaming the map, and uh, if you use that uh, cheat, you can avoid them more easily. <laughs> that's what oh, I did. That's interesting. I'm sorry for cheating, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can also avoid them a bit better by buying certain types of wagons. Um, one of them is called the Observatory Tower, I think. But even with that, they were still so close when I first saw them that they often just kept up with me and then uh, then I was done, mostly. <laughs> Because the, the battles are really, really hard. Mm. Yeah. Are they? It, it, it depends a lot, I think, on the, the train. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the very first battles that I encountered, uh, I was able to, to defeat them. And then you get a lot of, of, of merchandise and, and coal and all of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, a bit later into the game, it gets really, really hard. And I think, mm. I think the, the, the battles, they are at the same time very, very slow and, and tedious, but also really, really hectic. So you, oh, that's that's an interesting combination. Yeah, because you're, <laughs> you're you're trying to get your soldiers over to the other side to the enemy train, and it takes ages, and nothing happens. And every five or ten seconds or something like that, they move one tile. But at the same time, everything is going so hectic, and you have to uh, scroll left and right, and you have to find the right uh, wagons that you want to use, like a like a cannon or a machine gun, and then. You're frantically looking for your barracks so you can deploy more soldiers. And at the same time, everything is moving super slowly, but you're still super <laughs> stressed out about it. That's not a, that might explain why it's so slow, because at some point you have so many wagons, so many soldiers, so many mammoths to, to move around that it helps. Mm. Maybe that is why it is so slow, because otherwise it would be unplayable, yeah. wouldn't it? But maybe we should explain uh, how, we, how it all works, the combat mode. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea because basically the 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 battle screen it there's there's two trains. There's your train on the bottom and there's the enemy train on the top. Um, and then you have to you you only see a small part of the trains. That's actually the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, a, yeah. You have to scroll left or right to see yeah the, uh, a different portion of the train, and you mm -hmm. can click on your wagons to pick soldiers you have in them. And move them around to to go fight mm -hmm. until uh, there is one. But then the enemy train has uh, can have machine guns to to kill your uh, guys. Yeah, but you can have them too. Yeah, exactly. So you can kill each other's guys, but you also have you can you can buy cannons, which you can put in different positions in your train. I think I think this is one large aspect of the game that we haven't talked about is that you can you can rearrange your own train, can't you? Yeah. You have to, actually. Yeah, exactly. So you buy new wagons, but you also decide where they go in your train. Or or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yes. But okay. it, it, I think it, it has a large uh, strategic implication mm. on uh, exactly. the, the battles. Exactly. You can't uh, just leave the default, which is uh, uh, as you buy them, all the wagons output at the, uh, the back of your train. Mm -hmm. And if you leave things as is, you'll have all your cannons together at, at some place. 
uh, and uh, the enemy can shoot you using its own train uh, and you are, you, there is nothing you can do because the cannons are just at the wrong spot. Exactly. So you don't want all your cannons in the back, but you want to spread them out a bit so you can use them in the battle in different areas. So this is all very strategic uh, <laughs> and very slow. And on the Amiga, even slower. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Mm, yeah. And the, the thing is, the, the victory conditions are really unfair because to, to win uh, the battle, you have to kill every single enemy Mm -hmm. uh, on the on the enemy train, mm -hmm. you have to defeat all the, their weapons. But uh, to lose, all you have to do is uh, get your main engine uh, exploded, ah. or one of your main wagons exploded, or lose all your your units. But uh, it's not uh, it's fair. not the same condition. Yeah. Uh, if if you yeah. If you take out the main engine of the enemy, that's not enough. Unfortunately, not. That's how mm. I lost a lot of time today on my uh, last playthrough because there were a couple uh, soldiers uh, trying to run away from me <laughs> and I was chasing them around uh, at very slow speeds because yeah. uh, the game is super slow. Yeah. And uh, it, took, it took me ages to manage to kill them because I'm... Still bad as this game, uh, <laughs> they can <laughs> evade me easily. But this asymmetry, it also makes sense, kind of. Mm. I mean, the Viking Union, when they destroy your locomotive, you're done. But when you destroy theirs, they can just send reinforcements. Mm. On the other hand, even if you destroy the enemy locomotive, you cannot right. escape. So you're still trapped in this, um, this battle screen, which for some reason is also limited uh, to the left and to the right. Oh. So at one point you will uh, hit the the border of the of the battle screen, and then you cannot move forward <laughs> yeah. or backward anymore. You can't actually just drive away. No, from the you can't escape the battle. That that would be a cool feature. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if you have cannons left, but they are sadly too far in the back of your train, and the enemy train is shorter, and he, it's all the way in in the right of the screen, then you cannot hit any of the enemy train uh, wagons with your cannons anymore. Right. Because you're trapped in the battle screen. You can actually get stuck in this game during combat because <laughs> there is no possible way to shoot at the enemy. It's horrible. Yeah, and then... Uh, And and then what what happens to you? What happened to you earlier? As you said, uh, you have to send soldiers over there and just sit there and 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 look at them move one one frame every five seconds or whatever yeah. <laughs> until they chase them down. Yeah. By default, on my DOS box, it took almost 10 seconds per turn. Yeah. Ooh. It was crazy. And at the same time, the battle screen is the only screen in the game where you cannot speed up the time. Hmm. Oh yeah, because so everywhere else, you yeah, you can actually when you're in the map, you can you can speed up the time, can't you? Yeah, yeah, but uh, but you have to be careful with that um, because that's a great way to uh, to 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 get killed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you <laughs> if if you speed up the time on the map screen, mm -hmm. first of all, you you won't be able to react. If, if so, so if if a, if a fast enemy train approaches you and and you're in um, you, you're speeding up the game. You, uh, it might run into you. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that can happen. Uh, okay. If you if you are shoveling coal into the engine and you speed up the time and you don't mm -hmm. and uh, you you don't tell him to stop shoveling at mm -hmm. the right time, your your engine blows up. Right. From pressure and all that. Yeah. And that there, it's it's a great way to to accelerate your um 
your demise <laughs> by clicking yeah. this clock. Oh, yeah. I just understood why you can uh, choose not to go full speed because until then I thought there was there is no reason not to go go full speed every time. Hmm. But yeah, maybe that's why because you, if you go s slower, you can go back. I think there are more reasons. Yeah, I, I ran an experiment. Uh, at first, I actually thought that the speed at which you move the train doesn't really have an impact on your coal use. But it turns out when you go slower, you really use less coal. Oh. So I, I used one of the of the very long uh, straight tracks in the game and I uh, shoveled a certain amount of coal into the, the uh, oven and then I <laughs> just hit go and uh, tested how far I could get. And actually, at uh, at half the speed, you use a bit uh, more or less half the the coal, I think. Right. So there's actually something like that simulated in there. And then I saw uh, uh, Raphael's playthrough, and he actually explained that the weight of your train also has an impact on uh, on your coal use. Hmm, that's interesting. So you can't just keep adding wagons uh, without penalty. It seems so. Uh, maybe Raphael can explain. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's. So, so they did. It, it, it's a surprisingly uh, complex mechanic running in the background there because they they are all, all these wagons have a certain weight, um, which you can see when you when you buy wagons. It mm -hmm. for some reason it displays the the weight of the wagon. Hmm. I, I used to think why do I, I I I thought it was just flavor text, you know, like to yeah. to um, yeah, I thought the same. Yeah, to to enhance um the the world building a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then at some point I figured out, oh no, it's if your train becomes heavier, um, mm -hmm. you, you really need to burn more coal. Right. But, but the thing is, it doesn't really matter because you have to, to buy new wagons anyway. It's not like you, you can't make any kind of, uh, e economy decisions where you're like, ah, I'm not going to add more cannons and more barracks because it, you, you have to anyway. Oh, it's just, you, you just have to keep in mind that, mm. uh, I mean, you need to know about it, but it doesn't change the way you play the game because you, you need to upgrade your train constantly anyway. Mm. I saw in, in your playthrough uh, on YouTube, you actually uh, destroyed all the enemy train wagons because you didn't want the added weight of the merchandise uh, oh. carts. Oh, that's true. We didn't mention that earlier. Uh, after you win a train battle... Uh, you don't just get loot; mm -hmm. it also adds the cargo wagons ah. uh, to the end of your train. Oh, that's <laughs> Which, cool! Yeah, but <laughs> but it, that's the thing. <laughs> when you have uh, three battles in a row and you end up with fifteen wagons of merchandises to to move around, it gets a bit heavy and annoying. Exactly, mm. exactly. And how to defend on top of that? Yeah, and that's why at some point um, I was trying. I, I, I was trying to get to a certain story objective mm -hmm. and I was constantly running into train fights and I thought I don't want them added to my, yeah. I don't want any changes to my train right now. And, yeah. and so I had to blow up everything. Yeah. You want to keep it lean so you can exactly survive the battles. Yeah. You know, this game really reminds me a lot of uh, Sid Meier's Pirates. Oh, I don't know if yeah. you've played that. Um, but this is also an open world game in which you travel around on a ship and not on a train. But it's 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 fairly similar in that you can enter all these cities and you can trade goods and then you meet other ships and you fight them. Um, and it's actually it's the same in pirates that you don't you you also when you uh, when you take over an enemy ship then you have his ship and so if you attack really big ships then you end up with really big ships yourself 
But actually, it's a much better strategy to keep on a smaller ship because fighting battles on these large ships is actually very hard. So you want to stay lean and you want to, you know, move really quickly and not be this really big, slow boat. That's a good comparison. Actually, transacting, yeah, it's true. It's actually a lot like pirates. Yeah. In in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's also different. I mean... You, you should also play Sid Meier's Pirates uh, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. Uh, yeah. Actually, we, we had planned that. Um, we wanted to play it in September last year, I think, for Speak Like a Pirate Day, but then we missed it somehow. And so maybe we'll do mm. this year. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's that's a good idea. We should write that down somewhere. You write it down, Florian. Someone has to suggest <laughs> it on the forums. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I want to ask again, because mm-hmm. I am... Um, I have been talking so much, but I, uh, I I'd really like to know. So, so you said you bought the drill, yeah, yeah, and and then after that, that's pretty much. So nobody got, nobody made it to uh to to the power plant, for example. No, <laughs> that no. famous point. Personally, I I really played it like an open world uh-huh. game, like you said. I I was really focused on surviving on gathering. Uh, uh, various wagons to be able to to defend myself uh, in combat, to be able to repair bridges, etc. So just that gets me get me busy for mm. uh, quite a while actually. True, true. Yeah. Uh, after you spend your three or four first playthrough just understanding uh, the mechanics, uh, just being able to just uh, start doing the the management, the strategy mm-hmm. part of the game is uh, already pretty interesting. So uh, the story didn't uh, got me too interested up to now. Yeah, I had the same thing because actually the game doesn't really explain a lot about the story when you start. Yeah, that's that's an issue. The, the story, you have to really dig. Uh, you have to mm. visit all cities, look for hints, try to go in secret places which are not even mentioned on the map. I think mm-hmm. like... Every other story element is hidden from the map. Mm. Uh, every mm. uh, story place is hidden. So unless you want to spend hours, you have to use a walkthrough to get there. And um, yeah, it's not maybe as fun as just uh, uh, roaming around and uh, s- buying, selling stuff and, and fighting. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing that if you if you start playing this game, then it seems the story is not really that important. And it's just about surviving and, and figuring out where everything is and what every city has to offer. And then you want to buy these trains and wagons and, and buy these goods and trade them. So just doing that, you can easily spend dozens of hours just doing this. Yeah. And yeah. then you haven't even started on the story. Yeah, but it's cool that you can play the game like that as well. And um, mm-hmm. to get started with the story, I think once again, you have to actually read the manual. And I think they just assumed you would read the manual because without the manual, you're unable to play the game anyway. So <laughs> um, they put lots yeah. of, of exposition in the manual, I think. Mm, yeah. Uh, there is a built-in time limit, I think, uh, for Transarctica. Really? Yeah. Um, it's invisible, it's hidden, it doesn't get announced. Uh, and, okay. But what happens is that at some point, the game doesn't spawn new coal mines anymore. Ah. So you and run out of which fuel. Which means that, exactly, you uh, you can probably, 
extend your lifespan a little bit by doing battles mm -hmm. and and uh, stealing coal from the Viking Union, mm -hmm. but it won't it won't last. Right. If if you if you played, um, then you already know you absolutely need coal mines because uh, loot from battles is not enough to. Once you have a big train, you you burn through so much coal that um there's no way to keep going at some point and that but but the game does stop creating new mines at some point uh -huh. uh, it makes sense that's uh, another uh, interesting mechanic from the game because uh, the thing is the mines are uh, spawned randomly on the map uh, at uh, fixed intervals i think and when you go to the mine and uh, grab all the coal there is the mine stays there and gets closed you can you can't get coal again but it stays there so at uh, one point i guess the map ends up uh, bloated with uh, closed mines yeah. everywhere and there's, a, there's no, just no room to to put more right yeah i think this is just an uh, implementation detail that we are witnessing right maybe they used like like a, a 256 uh, spots in an array for <laughs> storing all the um, mines and that's it because i read about a, a bug in the game that says you cannot have more than 30,000 units of um, of coal and that also sounds like they were using a signed 16 bit integer <laughs> to to store <laughs> the amount to get a bit technical here yeah there's often i, I like it yeah. when when you see such implementation stuff uh, being visible in the end game this way can can so that you can actually um, think about what they were doing in the implementation and that shows mm. uh, in bugs or in limitations and yeah, yeah. How many wagons can we have, maximum? How many what? Wagons. How many wagons? Wagons. Well, has anyone ever tried, Raphael? <laughs> uh, I I don't know the number, but um, it's basically at as many as, as you can fit on, on the battle screen. Mm. Which means that... Oh, and then you cannot move at all anymore, Exactly, right? which means that if you have a train, <laughs> that's why you don't... It's, it's another thing where the game challenges you to... Um, <laughs> Because you you can't just stock up your train to to the maximum because you then then you can't move during battles, right? And yeah, and, and, which is um a bad position to be <laughs> during exactly yeah. So you do you you also have to know which wagons to get because you have you you need the wagons you need certain wagons to get further into the game. Yeah, but you can't just buy all the wagons. You you need to make room for certain wagons, and the the thing is that a lot of them are actually um, well, it sounds harsh, but I but I would say useless. Mm -hmm. uh, if you but you don't know that in the no. beginning. No, exactly. Um, for example, when I remember when we first played this, and my dad thought so as well because you can buy meat mm -hmm. and and fish mm -hmm. in this game, and so we assumed that maybe. Maybe you need meat and fish too, because people need to eat, right? Yeah. And uh, in, in a train, in, in, a, uh, in a game like this, where you need coal and, and all kinds of, we, we assumed that maybe you need to have meat and fish and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, and there's even a greenhouse you can buy. Mm -hmm. And we thought, oh, that's cool. You can, a greenhouse, that this is this yeah. is a world of, of ice and snow. We, we definitely need a greenhouse at some point, probably. Yeah. But it turns yeah. out that all you can do um a greenhouse is basically just for storing plants, and they are just merchandise. Oh wow! So it's it's a it's a specialized uh, merchandise wagon just for that one merchandise. So if you're not going to trade plants, then yeah, yeah, just don't. And bother. the same same with the tank. 
because you would think, oh, there, there's a tank mm -hmm. where I can store uh, oil. Mm -hmm. But it's once again, it, it's just for merchandise. So, so the greenhouse wagon and the tank yeah. wagon, it's, it's it, they are just merchandise wagons. Yeah, but you don't know that. No, and so, and actually, merchant yeah. trading in this game, it's not it's not unimportant, but it's also not. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you're trading. Uh, it's not that you need to uh, trade plants or trade oil. To... No, no, absolutely not. You, no, you can just so... use the standard cargo wagons and, and then yeah. th there are so many other things you can make money with. Exactly. That you just don't, you don't need else. extra greenhouses yeah. or, or tankers or that, that that's no. ridiculous. <laughs> it just uses yeah, up space. But you don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really the thing with this game that you... It, it, it appears that you have to play it over and over and over just to learn all the details yeah, exactly. uh, of how... Yeah, I think that's where the difficulty of the game is because the core mechanics of uh, moving around, getting coal, buying, selling stuff, even the combat system are not that complicated to understand. But uh, the complexity is to just, mm -hmm. uh, you have to, uh, do, uh, to do a lot of trial, trial and error uh, to understand what is useful, what is useless, what you need to buy, in which order, and uh, what uh, each city uh, sells and buys. Yeah, uh, it takes a lot of time to understand it all. Mm -hmm. That's where that's where the difficulty of the game is. Yeah, exactly. So we've talked quite a bit about this game uh, and 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 how it plays and stuff like that. Should we talk a little bit uh, about how it came to be, um, how it was developed, who developed it? Stuff like this. Um, I know it was created by a company called Silmaris. Sil Silmarillis? What? Silmarils. That's it. And and they are infamous right. for, um, for games like this. <laughs> for incomprehensible games. Uh, somebody mentioned, I, I don't know... Sorry, I forgot. Uh, I forgot the name, but uh, one of you also mentioned uh, La Fetiche Maya, or how it's pronounced. Not sure. I don't know. Um, La Fetiche Maya, je crois. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm not sure how to pronounce it, <laughs> hmm. but somebody mentioned it in the forums. Okay. And uh, also uploaded a video on YouTube, but maybe he's not he's not with us tonight. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I think this was another user. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. We can look up the post. Yeah, I just okay. Uh, in that case, it it would be cool if if he commented. But it's so basically, Fetish Maya is also a game by Silmarils, mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's exactly it's exactly what you would expect. You're just you're just dropped in in the in in some kind of a South American jungle, mm -hmm. and you have to <laughs> you have to drive around in your jeep, and you can you can run out of food and water, and it's ah. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a sort of the same thing. I think I found the post. It's by um, Mickey Man. Yeah, it's David. Hmm? No, not, not David, because David posted about the game. Um, yeah, David posted about the artwork, um, about the cover artwork, uh, the, the, the train that's on the box, which is um, actually not an original... Um, it's not an original uh, graphic drawn for this game, but it's a... It's a painting or something uh, by an artist called Rodney Matthews. Uh, mm. It's called Heavy Metal Hero. 
Um, and it's also used uh, for other things. Uh, for example, there's a uh, um, a rock band called uh, Diamond Diamond Heads. They've made an album called I Am Evil, and they used exactly this train on their cover for the album. So, yeah, it's... Uh, they, they used a train on the album called I Am Evil. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, why not? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a sort of evil-looking train. I mean, come on, this, this it's yeah. sort of angry-looking and this fire coming out and yeah it is viking looking yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah the the train doesn't look like the train that's actually in the game it's a sort of a stock image of a train uh that's what they put on the cover i don't know why yeah that's uh, but but that's what's uh, strange because yeah because they clearly had good artists on the team yeah absolutely so, so why didn't they um why didn't they do their own cover i don't know yeah um Yeah, because the game does look very pretty. Uh, it's it's really excellent uh, pixel art animations. It's it's really nice. But yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. As a, each uh, screen uh, for each wagon you you have, uh, each menu, each place you go, or even there is a lot of events where you get specific uh, scenes. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of these are pretty nice to see. They are, the art is great. Yeah. And it it helps a lot to, to set you in the atmosphere of the game. Yeah. Um, it was created by quite a small team of people. Um, I counted only seven in the credits. Um, so they had three programmers and three graphics people and then one music composer. And that's the whole team. So... That's pretty impressive. Um, I think it's fairly typical for for games of this uh, time. I think we've we've discussed other games before that had similar small teams making the whole thing. Yeah, it's not too surprising, I think. No, but it's still impressive to see a small group of people pull it off. And actually, um, what I read is that uh, Silmaril, Sil Sil no, I can't pronounce his name. Silmarils. Silmarils. <laughs> Silmarils. The uh, like, like the Tolkien uh, thing. Yeah, that doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't talk Elvish. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the developer and publisher Silmarils. Um, it was founded in the 80s, in 1987, by uh, two French people. And I'm assuming they're a couple because they share the the, the last name. They're Louis-Marie and André Rock. Hmm. Or, yeah, I, Marwan can, can correct me. but Yeah, the pronunciation is right. Okay. So I'm assuming these are uh, a husband and wife or maybe brother and sister. I don't know. But they're these two people. Uh, and they are they are also on the credits for this game. Um, they're, they're, uh, Andre is actually the writer and one of the programmers, and uh, Louis Marie is one of the other programmers. So, yeah, it seems like a family business. Yeah, uh, where they just made their own games with a small team of people. Actually, pretty cool. Now uh, they're they're well known for the Ishar series. I read which is a, a series of uh, RPG games they made. Uh, it started with a game in 1990, uh, I believe, um, which was called Crystals of Arborea, uh, which was a 3D open-world uh, RPG game. And that led to the rest of the Ishar series. They made three or four, 
well, I don't know. But yeah, it was quite, that's really, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I, I think this period where they made uh, Transarctica on that Ishar series, it's more or less uh, where when the company peaked mm. because uh, it was all uh, downhill from there. <laughs> and they oh. ended up uh, doing... Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, like I, I told you the other day, is uh, one of their last games was adapting a French comedy movie mm. into a PlayStation game. Right. So just the the pitch, uh, it feels wrong, and the game is uh, expectedly very bad. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, which which one is that? Uh, Les Visiteurs. Oh. That that's not even listed. Uh, maybe you've heard about the movie. That's not even listed in the uh, yeah. And and they actually went bankrupt in um, in two thousand three. So it it all went downhill. Um, they did found a new company, the same people, uh, a new game company called EverSim, and I think they're still they're still in operation right now. They're making political strategy games. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I haven't actually played any of them, but yeah, they seem to uh, release them every other year or so. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the the series has mixed reviews in general, but uh, Mm. it it is popular enough to to sustain them, it seems. Yeah. So, well, that's good. I mean, if you can do what you love and and make it work, then that's fine. That's really cool, right? So No, but if you you look at it in hindsight, I... um, it, it's kind of impressive that they managed to to keep going for for almost ten years, um, making all these strange uh, hybrid niche games. That uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. You you would think that because they must have had some financial success, right? In order to yeah, in order to to keep funding. I think Ishar uh, was was the money maker. Mm. The, the Ishar uh, RPGs. Yeah. Um, they were the money maker, and even Transarctica was considered a financial success. I think. Oh, that's great. Um, although the reviewers, even at the time, mm. already mentioned that it's kind of all over the place, uh, gameplay-wise. Yeah. So, but but they, they managed to keep doing these games, and and they didn't change the formula either. They they stuck with it. Hmm. it it's kind of I know it's kind of impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. They found their niche. Yeah. Well, they eventually they didn't, but yeah, <laughs> for a while, for a while they did. Um, you mentioned some some contemporary reviews uh, of of games of, of reviews at the time, um, and they were sort of mixed, weren't they? Yes, you you found some of them. Yeah, we looked some of them up. Um, they're on Moby Games actually, and also Wikipedia mentions one uh, by Computer Gaming World, which we've mentioned before. Um, and they. Yeah, in 1994, they reviewed it. So this game actually came out in 93, which is... It was not uncommon at the time to to review a game months later. Hmm. Uh, this Yeah, this happens sometimes with these magazines. I don't know why, but it, it didn't seem to matter as much to be, you know, right at the launch. Um, but uh, yeah, Computer Gaming World, they criticized the train controls for being both too simple and intentionally annoying. <laughs> Um, the train combat is painfully slow and there are other annoying rough edges. So, mm. But uh, it's, not, it's not all bad because they say uh, the game's blemishes derail an otherwise original and delightful premise. So I think 
I think I feel quite similar actually to this. The, the game seems to be pretty uh, unique and and interesting, and and the mechanics are are they could be quite enjoyable, but there are a lot of little details that make it a bit awkward and difficult to play. Uh, that's uh, you you worded that extremely nicely. Yes, that's <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind because we are trying to be positive well, about the game. And uh, as much as I love it, I, I admit it. I just I, I, if they if if there was a remake, I, I would mm -hmm. buy it immediately. The, if if they updated the controls and gameplay and all that. Um, but as much as I love it, I, I really have to admit that that there are some design decisions that I just can't I can't defend. Mm. The, yeah. uh, even if I wanted to, such as such as, um, for example. My my main gripe is really the combat in this game, hmm. the the train combat because you, it's a huge portion of the game, and it's mm -hmm. um, like like Florian said earlier, it's uh, on on the one hand it's slow, <laughs> but because you have to scroll and you have to click every single, I mean you have to operate all the guns manually, and it, it, which means that it's 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 <laughs> it, it's probably the most yeah. hectic. Uh, almost turn-based yeah. slowest game that I've ever played. But yeah, yeah. that's really crazy. Is uh, the fact that you have to to trigger each weapon manually. You yeah. have to click yeah. on the wagon and it shoots yeah. once. Yeah, it shoots once. That's crazy. And then there's a cooldown. And there's a cooldown. But the cooldown only shows when you try to shoot the the same cannon again. Then it says, "Oh yeah, you have to wait." Yeah. But you <laughs> yeah, cannot exactly. really know when it's over. So you have to sort of feel it. When, when you you do get you do get a feeling for it after a while, mm. but it's um or you can just spam the leftmost button. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I just had a nice quote uh, from uh, Amiga Format. There's a guy mm -hmm. who uh, says that train combat is about as exciting as watching paint dry. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not true though. That's the, harsh. The combat is really it's really exciting. It's just <laughs> well this. Whoever whoever wrote this uh, hasn't played very far. Mm. Yeah, I think the same. Be because uh, some of the late battles are um, are gut wrenching. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, just uh, just a little yeah. better UI, you know, like a mini map or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and of course, a mini map, faster scrolling, a dedicated menu yeah. just to fire instantly. That would massively improve this game. I think they half recognize the, the issues with the combat because in the main menu you can choose to skip the whole combat phase. Oh, that's true. It there has auto combat. Yeah. Mm, that's an interesting point. But uh, when I tried it, uh, I ended up losing automatically all the fights, <laughs> so it wasn't much better. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, so there's an option uh, when you start the game to to skip the battles, basically. Yes, it's uh, they are automatically automatically resolved depending on your strengths and theirs. Right. But uh, usually, it's not in your favor. Mm, that's harsh. I don't think it's even you. You can even beat the game if you do it like that. What? Yeah. Because uh, I I can't imagine that because uh, the the fights are so um these battles are so reliant on on micromanagement yeah on on how how well you do uh, which wagons you protect which wagons you destroy I don't know having these battles be auto resolved I I wouldn't even know how to how to optimize your train for it yeah yeah no yeah exactly <laughs> first of all that mm. um and also because you absolutely need to 
because you have no control over which wagons get destroyed mm. or, or especially the enemy ones maybe yeah. you want to loot the, the train right yeah so there's uh yeah i thought this was this was actually like an easy option like to i, I just want the story don't don't bother me with the web with the battles but it seems to actually be a lot harder if you are not control in control of the battles i tried it once i lost the first battle i gave up yeah <laughs> Yeah, okay. So that's yeah. not, yeah. I don't know. Well, I I, I just, I, I wanted to say uh, one thing about the, the final, because there is a final boss in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That there is a final boss fight, basically, after uh, after that whole power plant thing, which mm-hmm. uh, sadly nobody else experienced. No, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. It's, but I, I watched you experiences. That's That's... Almost as good. Yeah, that's the thing. You have uh, you have a playthrough on on YouTube, which is really excellent. So we'll put a link to that uh, along with this post. Oh, okay. I guess you, you you could proxy experience it. Yeah. 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 But we only play these games for a month, so it's not. No, that's true. That's I mean, true, twenty course, years yeah. is a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can get to see all the screens, but <laughs> we don't have that kind of resources. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, no, but I just wanted to say the final boss fight is uh be- because who- whoever said that the train combat is boring and like watching paint dry or whatever mm-hmm. um the final train doesn't have any merchandise wagons oh wow it's um it's it's a giant military train and it consists of nothing but barracks machine guns and cannons <laughs> and um it th- there is no there is no leeway in between that there is no um that this it, it's just a giant monstrosity wow <laughs> of, yeah of 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 cannons and 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 barracks and soldiers and you just that that final battle basically you have to save your game uh start the fight click all of your cannons frantically as fast as you oh can uh, get all of your soldiers out of the barracks before they get destroyed inevitably and then just somehow survive. You, you can fight with just one portion of your train at once, right? Because you can click only on one wagon at a time. Yeah, that that's the thing. You have and to scroll all over the place. Um, scrolling is not super fast yeah. either. <laughs> so this is what makes it so hectic. That sounds so frustrating. What happened one time is that uh, I remember the first time I uh, the first time I managed to get to the final boss fight. I managed to destroy. I managed to actually destroy that thing on my first try. Uh, wow! But then, I, I I had lost all of my coal tenders during that fight, and so after the battle, mm. I I was brought back to the world map, and you have to drive like maybe just a little bit further <laughs> in in order to see the ending screen. Yeah, and so there I was, in 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 the ashes of my train. Uh, somehow managed to get through the battle without a heart attack and and no more coal and i just stood there yeah in, like and you were inches stuck away from the <laughs> end oh man half half an inch away from the ending screen and i just i couldn't i couldn't drive one more mile because i and that was it and i just stood there and looked at the screen and i didn't I didn't want to start the battle again. No. And I just I just sat there and looked at it for a few minutes oh, before I that's, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so there's all kinds of stuff that can happen even 
right before the ending. So yeah. you can never relax. You know? uh, is it, isn't that what happened as well during your video playthrough of the game? Is is it is it in the playthrough? That would be great. I think I've be seen that part uh, on YouTube. Because there is so much pain in that. <laughs> but it had a, a, a nice ending to it. You ended up with a bit of pressure in, in the uh, engine left. And so you started moving towards oh, the end. Oh, yeah. And then you failed just like five tiles to the end. But... I have to say, you could have made it to the end if you hadn't put the uh, power to to max. Yeah. Because that's what you did. So yeah. harsh. This game is really brutal. Yeah. That, that's yep. the adrenaline from the from the fight. Yeah. He, he still made it so because there was a, a new fight, uh, a random fight, I think, that happened just as he stopped moving. So he could get the call from the win and do the final inches to reach the ending. <laughs> that was pretty lucky. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, actually, we've covered quite a bit, haven't we? Uh, yeah, so thank you, Raphael, for saving us uh, 20 years <laughs> no, and uh, letting us watch uh, the ending. I'm I'm so excited to um to get to talk about Transarctica. I didn't when 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 you messaged me and you said there's going to be a podcast about yeah uh, we're going to play this game this month and I thought man I just I've been just by myself nobody else knows this game they <laughs> 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 have so much to talk about so I thought I I have to come on of course yeah so. oh, well that's cool that's something very cool I noticed with DOS Game Club um, I think in month two we played Grand Prix Circuit and we found Andres who mm. was the uh, current world champion in Grand Prix Circuit and maybe he <laughs> and his brother were the only people who ever played the game as extensively as they did and I think finding people like you and Andres is really a fun part because you have so many stories to tell about such old games that, that basically no one really knows but then you have these, these, these experts <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really really cool to me and you didn't even see the power plant because that is that that really is um the big thing that yeah. that was the big thing for me but but anyway mm. you uh, i mean you could technically uh play it on in your own on your own time oh definitely but, but then again you have to play the next game yeah which is duke nukem 3d yeah that's true that's true but that's that's i mean yeah we dedicated a month to this game, but it's not the end of this game. I mean, uh, of course, people can play it whenever they want. And, and yeah, 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 revisit this. Uh, and we also keep the forums open, by the way. So even in, I don't know, years, people can still comment or open new threads. Or, so, yeah, we just, uh, we just keep on adding new stuff to the site. But, but please don't feel... Uh, limited by by what oh, we're yeah, currently yeah. <laughs> doing so yeah no definitely i i know from um from these uh from these videos that i put on youtube mm -hmm. because i i first did a playthrough in german mm -hmm. uh way back when mm -hmm. on on my old german channel and um and i got so many comments yeah from i i got uh, messages from people who um so I know there are people out there mm. who have played Transarctica and who also thought it's really great and who were also excited to to finally have somebody else yeah that that they can talk to and I got so many messages from people uh, uh, that's um so so I I know the people are out there somewhere but the game itself has almost no presence on the internet, almost no... Yeah, but uh, that's great. Yeah. That's really what, what this, the, the DOS Game Club is about, you know, is finding those hidden gems and then finding 
like-minded people yeah. uh, who are just as into this as you are. So that's just really cool that we've, uh, yeah, that we've made this work. The pleasure was all mine or oh, is all mine. <laughs> um, is there anything else we should talk about regarding this game? I have one thing to ask. How do you mm -hmm. get back to the main menu from the game? <laughs> oh, uh, I think you have to quit, don't you? Oh, there is a specific thing you have to do. And I thought you, you can, you can, you can go to the boudoir and and kill yourself. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's why I wanted to mention. Yeah, there's a drawer. There's there, there's like the, in, at the end of the train, there's your own room or something, and there's a there's a gun there. Yeah, and that that's how you exit the game. Yeah. That's really really <laughs> weird. 90s European humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, they, they, they put their heart and soul into the game because instead of a, a simple button to exit the game and go back to the main menu, yeah. they, they took the time to, to think, how do we quit the game? We have to kill ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But, uh, but on the other hand, you, you don't really know what, to, what you can click because there's no, um, nothing is highlighted. Mm. It's uh, it's just one still screen. Yeah, and you need the manual to to tell you uh, which parts can be. So it's, it's pixel hunting, basically. Yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, the the famous pixel hunting from adventure games. Uh, it was actually my first ending. Uh, I randomly clicked around, and uh, with my luck, I ended up uh, mm. uh, shooting myself on my first run. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sometimes you click stuff and um, at least on the DOS version, I don't know if that's the same on the Amiga, but uh, sometimes you click and the mouse click doesn't really register. So you have to click the mouse button for a longer time so that stuff actually happens. Oh, yeah. So when you're not when you're not familiar with the game, you click and you think, hey, yeah, there's nothing here. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, it's yeah. a bit. Well, you can also you can also use um, the uh, what's it called? The horn? The, the train the, the horn of the train ah yeah which the, the this, that 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 doesn't uh, do foot. anything you could just you can just pull the lever and it goes choo choo and it, but it's no, but, but when, when when I found it I was I was like so thrilled like this yeah. is so cool. yeah, but you can't you can't make a train game and then not have the choo choo that's sound true. that's, that's true, yeah yeah absolutely so, yeah this is essential for immersion you know and um I think I think there's just one other topic that would be fun to uh, to mention, because we've talked about the manual uh, a bit and, and how important it is for this game to have the manual. But if you somehow end up with a version of this game that doesn't include the manual, um, there's a copy protection system in this game uh, to, to yeah. avoid you from pirating it. Um, but most, the most, I mean, lots of DOS games have uh, some kind of anti-copying mechanism but most of these games they start with that they they you know they present you with some kind of question and and if you answer it incorrectly then th you don't get the game um but in this game it's a little bit different because i read that it's possible to answer the 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 anti-piracy thing incorrectly and then play the whole game right up to the end when there's suddenly an unbeatable pack of wolves Preventing you from beating the game. That's true. So you can play through 95% of the game, no problem, but then you can't beat it because you stole it. The game asks you the copy protection question from the manual. Yeah. If you answer wrong, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
it it lets you 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 can continue to play. That's already interesting. But then right before the end, uh, there's going to be a pack of wolves on on the train tracks that you have to yeah. you have to go through there. There's only one track you have to go through there. Yeah. And it's um it's just invincible. It doesn't vanish no matter how many times you run into it and then that's that's it for you. Yeah. There's nothing you can do at that point. But but how many hours of gameplay have you are there available to you, the pirate, before you encounter this? You can pretty much play the entire game except for the final encounter. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. But how mean is that? <laughs> it's really, really odd. It's yeah, it's really, it's, really odd. It's, it's just, it's, uh... I don't know. It's just, uh, because clearly they're not trying to prevent anybody from playing. They're just, they're just trying to get back at, at yeah. whoever. <laughs> pirate yeah, it's revenge for, yeah, co- for exactly. stealing their game. Yeah. But also, if you just mistyped, uh, yes, the, the, the passphrase, <laughs> then you still get the same result. Revenge yeah. for mistyping something. Yes, yes. <laughs> you should, and out. there's no feedback or nothing. The, the game doesn't no, tell no, no. you it's in pirate. No, so it's speaking of oh, typing. Yeah. Um, you, you you have to select the keyboard layout from the setup menu. Oh, that's and, right. And but the fun thing is that you don't need it for anything except entering the name of the save game. <laughs> <laughs> and entering uh, actually the save game. Now that we're talking about it. This is the, the, the most weird UI that I've ever seen for such a system. Because normally, when you save your game, you can sometimes you can enter a name for it, but then it ends up in a little list of all your save games, and you can select which one you want to load. But in this game, if you want to load, it just asks you, okay, what did you call it last time when you saved it? <laughs> you have to know the file name. And if you don't yeah. remember, if you don't remember, you can't <laughs> load your game. And there's no way of finding out what this what it's called i think the only way is to actually go into the directory of the game and look at the file names if you if you play the dos version you can look up the file yeah, names. yeah that's it but the, the original amiga version uh used yeah. a, a different um you you just had had a floppy disk for your save game and that that's the only it was only on there hmm. <laughs> it, it didn't exist anywhere else so you had so so you had right the, your entire game on that one floppy and you needed to know what what your save file is called. Yeah, yeah. it's really really crazy. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I think the developer just went. Of course, you remember your your name. Uh, why not? Why would you forget? But if you're actually playing this, and then you might go, I don't know, on a holiday for three weeks, and you return, there's no way you're going to be able to load your game. You just yeah. Um, really has weird. has anybody played um, r- random question but it's related uh, has anybody played the Settlers 3 um, I've played earlier Settler games but I'm not sure if I played 3 is not for DOS is it no no or no, is, then, then no, I, I think it's it. maybe one of the first Windows games uh, mm. early uh, I think I played a bit of it but I don't remember okay um, because I wanted to mention that game had uh, also had a famous copy protection or, or anti-piracy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, you, you're able to play the game completely fine and normal, but then your iron smelter that should produce iron bars uh, starts producing pigs like a pig farm. <laughs> and then you're stuck. Your economy gets stuck. Yes, Be- and and back then, you can't proceed without uh, iron yeah. bars in, in Settlers. The, um, and so what ended up happening is that people went onto the forums 
and they posted, guys, what's going on? My iron smelter is spawning pigs. And that's and they went, aha, and that's how they knew. You're a and pirate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. And I just wanted to mention copy protections like that are really cool. And um, I wish more games would do it like that, ex except... Um, yeah. And, and instead of these boring DRM, yeah. uh, whatever. Yeah. I think there, there is a recent occurrence, which is uh, quite known. It's uh, about... Um, it's on the game dev uh, tycoon, hmm. I think. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how call, how it's called exactly. Yeah, that's, that's but the name. It had a, a copy protection where if you pirated the game, uh, you the video games in the game that you were trying to produce uh, didn't make you any money. Yeah, because they were pirated as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, you know? yeah, that's cool. It's sort of an that's, old school uh, way. A, yeah. Yeah, a very interesting way to do it. and uh, Yeah, better than some clever. authorization server that just says no. And then, yeah, it's all very boring. So this is more fun, the old school way. Yeah. But in the case of Transartica, it's also overly harsh. Because as Florian mentioned, if you just make a typo, then <laughs> Yeah, and that's there's, it. No, there's no notification. Yeah, no, there's nothing. So this is, uh, yeah. At least it asks several times if you mistype it the first time. Mm, okay. Yeah. But uh, if this the, the game has the same problem with the keyboard input as with the mouse, so sometimes when <laughs> you type too fast, it won't re register all the keys, and then you just maybe make the same mistype <laughs> several times. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in conclusion, then, what did what did we think of this game, uh, Florian? I'll ask you first because you suggested it. Yeah, and you said you remembered from your childhood just the the, the visions of the screenshots and the. Yeah. Exactly. But now that you've actually played it, um, well, I, I I'm assuming that you felt some kind of uh, nostalgia for for seeing this these screens again. Yeah, absolutely. I started and I was like, wow, this is so cool. I remember this game, but I forgot exact everything about the game when I tried it and it was it was really, really cool. And I think this game has some some I don't know, some aura maybe that, that makes it very special, but all these bugs and, and the difficulty state that are so so unnecessary that they make it really, really hard to play. Mm. And that's maybe why you should only play the game i think today if you have some nostalgia for it or if you think you can get past all these little problems and then enjoy it because the game itself is actually pretty good if you can look past all those problems yeah yeah i i, I agree with that a lot i mean there's there's really a lot to this game and and it's a good premise and it's a good you know there's there's lots of interesting mechanics going on and it looks good and it sounds good but then yeah, it's just so tedious and so it's like you're fighting the game to play it. Yeah, especially with these with this mouse clicking problem in the battle screen. It's when and then you have to, your soldiers are really small. They're like I don't know eight pixels, and then then you you move they move in the wrong moment, and you have to reposition the mouse again, and then you the clicker doesn't register, and you're ah yeah. And to to move the 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 units, you have this this very small menu that is even smaller than a unit, and maybe six by four pixels each of these buttons and really hard to hit and then yeah maybe if, if there was one thing that really really has to be fixed then it's that thing but yeah yeah the battle screen in general is just the worst really it's if if they replace the battle screen with something better then i think the whole game would be quite playable already yeah absolutely agree um uh, 
Yeah. What did you think, Marwan? Uh, mostly the same thing. Uh, the battles were very tedious, but uh, otherwise uh, it was a surprisingly fun game. At first I was a bit afraid because of this wall. Uh, you have to read the, the wall manual first. It, uh, mm. remind me, it reminded me of a Strike Commander, so I was afraid <laughs> I'd have to, to read hundreds of pages. But uh, <laughs> in the end, uh, it wasn't that complicated to, to pick up. And after a couple plays through, uh, you start having fun. So yeah. apart from the combat system, uh, I think it's a, a, a game really worth discovering. It's a, a really original game that you have to play. Yeah. At least once. Also, I think um, some of the things that I found very annoying in the beginning, after playing a bit, they were not so bad anymore. Like that you have to shovel uh, the coal all the time and that the dude you order to shovel your coal into the oven doesn't stop even when the engine is about to explode. He's still like, oh, yeah, I've been ordered to shovel. I'll shovel. Shovel away. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told to shovel, so I will so shovel. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the chain of command. <laughs> the boss will know what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. guy is committed. Yeah. He's he's the kind of manager that will he will make the targets even if it ruins the company. Exactly. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's a bit it's a bit of a weird question to ask you, uh, Rafael. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. What did you think? In, no. Um, so. In games in general, I'm I'm a sucker for for good atmosphere. Mm. Oh yeah, this game has, and it. I'm willing to put up with uh, with gameplay or design flaws usually. Mm. If if the experience is otherwise interesting, then I really like playing obscure games. Yeah, and so I said in the beginning, Transarctica. When I first saw it, it just uh, I I can I can I mean I can acknowledge that some of the design the the, the battles are just bad that it could be better <laughs> uh, obviously but overall speaking i haven't seen a game like that hmm. um in a long time yeah and there's really there's something really appealing about that whole scenario about that whole setting big armored trains in in a desolate snow world mm -hmm. and it, it's like dune but with snow yeah I suppose, yeah. Yeah, and instead of worms, you have trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mix of genres, um, which makes it really interesting. Yeah. yeah that's, that's But it's just, I, I like sci-fi settings like this, and I I can put up with uh, tedious gameplay if the game is otherwise interesting. So hmm. I would recommend it, but I would put a warning label on it <laughs> that you need to have a bit of a... Um, yeah, some stamina uh, to... Uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to keep on going. Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, now with the, the playthrough, because there are finally playthrough you can find on the internet, it uh, it gets more easy to to pick up. Mm. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, at the time it was uh, really something you'd have to invest tens of hours just to to learn how everything works. But now there are a couple dedicated websites about it, and uh, it's not that complicated to learn. That's true. That's true. Um, but that's what something that Rafael also mentioned earlier that, you know, you feel really alone back in when you're playing it in the 90s. And then, yeah, there's nothing to help you out and no magazines with tips and, and nobody knows this game. But actually now you can find quite a bit of info online. Uh, I found lists of all the cities and what they sell and what prices and stuff like that. And so this this can really help you. Uh, in a way, the game is more accessible now 
than it was then. So people could get into it now. Yeah. 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 So yeah. if yeah, if you're into snowy train mammoth games, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then this is uh, something for you. Right. Uh, yeah. I think I think that's it then for Transarctica. Uh, unless someone has something, it's soon the, the first anniversary of the those game club. Yeah, I, I think we should move on with the with the club stuff um, because indeed you are right, uh, Marwan, that this is uh, our one year anniversary. Um, we started doing this uh, back in March, didn't we, Florian? Absolutely. Um, yeah, we we posted a little. Uh, we the the site went online, I think, in February. Uh, last year um actually we could check <laughs> yeah i don't know but it, it, i think it was a year ago uh that we posted our first introduction uh, episode yeah doom was in march yeah yeah see so in in march we played uh doom uh so to celebrate this uh it's march again we thought it would be really cool to to play another uh well big action type game so uh we're playing duke nukem 3d this month um Florian was so wise to to tweet that this game is better than Doom which uh I have I have proof that you I have proof that you posted that right mm, <laughs> Yes well okay <laughs> better than yeah. Doom Say, saying something like yes. that on the internet. It's very I smart. Think you lost half your followers on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell uh, John Romero oh. right, right now. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. But anyway, we're playing Duke Nukem 3D, and it it's was really the cool. most lively discussion we had on Twitter. Uh, yeah, on our account. It's so yeah, exactly. So we're engaging <laughs> okay. with our users. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out Duke Nukem 3D, then then uh, please join us over at dosgameclub.com. Uh, we have forums where we discuss uh, the games that we're playing and we use this uh, as input for these podcasts. So if you have anything to share about this game, please do. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's simple as that. Um, now, um, after March uh, in April, we will be playing uh, Starflight, which is quite an old game. It's from 1986 by Binary Systems, published by EA. Uh, this game was suggested by uh, DOS Game Club member Corgi Butts, so that's a really cool uh, username. Um, and yeah, we have a, a, a suggestion forum over on dosgameclub.com where you can uh, submit games, and then yeah, that's where we pick the games from that we play. So if you have a really cool game to share with us, then then please make a thread over at uh, at the suggestion forum. And then, uh, yeah, we might pick it for for uh, for a month to play. So that's cool. Um, now we're also going to tell you that after that, in May, we are going to play Death Rally, uh, which is uh, by Remedy Entertainment from 1996. This was suggested by user M2Tias, um, and I I believe he's from Finland. And this game was also developed in Finland. So this is sort of a a Finnish patriotic thing he's doing. So, uh, but uh, yeah, actually, that that really is a really cool game, uh, which also features Duke Nukem three. Uh, well, not three D, but it features the Duke Nukem uh, character actually. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. So yeah, the, that's the plan for the coming months. What wait wait what features the Duke Nukem characters? Sorry, Death Rally, the game uh, we're what? playing in May. It's a um, 
Death Rally. Yeah, Death Rally is a racing game. It's a top-down racing game. And uh, it's like, um, well, I don't want to say like Mario Kart, but you know, just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just as in Mario Kart, you can pick uh, which character you are, you know, uh, in racing. Uh, and and one of the characters available is is Duke Nukem. So uh, so it's more like uh, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, it's because characters are coming together. Yeah, I know it's a racing game, but it's more a mix between GTA and uh, Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and actually, that's a good that's a good point because uh, there's there's not just racing in Death Rally. It's also a lot of shooting. Mm. So uh, yeah, but we'll you know we'll we'll talk about all that stuff when we're actually playing the game. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's a cool suggestion. So, and it's time for another racing game as well because uh, it's been a while. I miss uh, Grand Prix Circuit already. Ah, uh, well, you can also you can always play it. You know, the, the we have still have the, the leaderboard online, and I I believe some people are still posting times uh, sometimes. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. To, so you can still uh, you can still have a, a set a good lap time and then share it with us. Um, and maybe for Death Rally, we'll make another leaderboard, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but, you know, that's all in the future. So, yeah, I think that's it for now. Unless I've forgotten something, Florian. Mm, I don't think so. No, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. If you want to join us, uh, go over to uh, dosgameclub.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, where we're called Dos Game Club, And we have uh, quite an active IRC channel. Uh, called DOS Game Club over on the Afternet servers. Um, and if you're not into IRC, then there's also a web client on our website. So you can chat using that. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, thank you very much for listening. And, and thank you guys for joining and talking about Transarctica. I, uh, I thought it was really cool. It was really cool to discover a new game that I had never heard of before. And I'm always, you know, when I discover a new DOS game, then then I'm happy. So, <laughs> Especially because you yeah. thought you knew them all. Well, it's, it's, it's been a long time ago since I thought that. But <laughs> I know now <laughs> that I do not know them all. But I don't even know the majority of them. So, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, of course. And uh, I'm, I'm going to stay active in, in the forums. I'm going to play some Duke Nukem 3D. That's great. Uh, with you guys. Yeah. That's super cool. And I'm going to suggest Rise of the Robots. Ooh, the the, the fighting game. The Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We haven't played a fighting game uh, at all. So, yeah, that's that's a good suggestion. Cool. Rise of the Robots is really famous because it's um it was overhyped and then it turned out really <laughs> mediocre. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> so so at least, but at least people are going to know about it. And I'm yeah. going to post it in, in the forums. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, uh, Please do. that's cool. Um, yeah, so that's it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And uh, uh, see, you, uh, see you for the next time. Bye. 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 Bye.